Welcome back to episode 14 of the Fly Kids Show. This episode is the How Much a Dollar Cost episode. And today's guest, yes, I have two today, two at the same damn time. Hey. Today's guest, creatives, artists, business owners, pretty much Renaissance women. Uh, today, I have C. Smith and Yanni Supreme on the show. Welcome, ladies. Thanks. Thank you. Is anyone going to start clapping now? Can we put that sound clip in there, like man, that's too much. I'm not that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not that involved yet. <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm glad that y'all are here. Thank y'all for coming. Thank you. Thank um, you. So, um, how y'all doing? Pretty good. I'm good. Just good. Mm-hmm. Okay, good is great. Um, we're gonna jump right into it. Um, start with C, cause well, I know a lot about Yanni. But we're gonna ask her about herself in a second. But see, just um, give us some background, just like, you know, where you from? Yeah, let's start there. Where you from? <laughs> I'm from uh, PG County. Okay, what part? Uh, Clinton, Suitland, Floresville. You know. Okay. All well, over. Ward, Ward Nine. You know, I'm, I'm from Oxon Hill. <laughs> okay. You know? So Ward southeast, nine. southeast Maryland, mm-hmm. all of that, baby southeast, whatever you wanna call it. Um, <laughs> and well, I always like to ask um, what the city or what the region was like for you growing up really like what you remember and just like you know how it influenced you in, in any way shape or form I think um for me <clears throat> the just an environment that I grew up in I, I didn't look or feel very positive about um my city at that time and my surroundings and upbringing so as soon as I got old enough I left Mm-hmm. Um, and I did just got back um, within the last three years and have um, really found an understanding and a love that I didn't have before for okay for my area, for, my, for this whole city. Okay. And Yanni, where are you from? I'm from Southeast, <laughs> Washington, D.C., Ward 8, okay. the original. Okay. Um, yeah. And should I answer that question, too? Yes. Tell us what the city was like for you growing up, what you um, remember. Everything. I I love being from D.C. I vividly, vividly see my childhood in the best, best way mm-hmm. um, in my coming of age. Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to say something deep? Do you want me to like, talk about say, gentrification or something like that? Say whatever's on your mind. Kind of leading question. Um, I don't know. When I think of D.C., I just think of my parents. I really love my parents. Um, I'm from D.C. My parents are from D.C. My grandparents are from D.C. And before that, we migrated here from Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, my mother went to Baloo. My grandma went to Baloo. I wanted to go to Baloo. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shout outs to Baloo Nights. But uh, luckily, luckily, uh, I went to Duke Ellington okay. as a writer. I mean, you could have been in Baloo's band, man. I could have not. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a nerd, you know. So I, I grew up in Southeast, but I'm totally a nerd. Um, so I had to go to a nerdy school. Okay. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. So where did you leave when you left time? Where, where did you leave to when you um when you left the area? See? Um, I went to Oregon. Oregon. Washington State. What took you out there? You don't often hear about uh black people moving out there. Um, it was um basketball and then just just life kinda drifted. It was an opportunity and I took it. Okay. And you played basketball in college? Yes. Okay. What college was this? Uh Washington State and Clark. Okay. All right. So you went from PWI to HBCU? No, no. Clark is uh, 
school in Washington. Oh, okay, well, okay. Not so not Clark, Clark Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get that confused all the time. Though. Okay. Okay. And how long? Um, I forget. And did you stay out there after school? Yes. Um, I lived on the West Coast for about nine years. Okay. Okay. And you still love the, the West Coast? Yes. Or did Or did you ever love it? No, I, I mean, I love it Um, just more for a weather and a like aesthetic than like it's not home, though. OK. Yeah, because I know a lot of people have tried to get me to move out west and I'm just like, oh, I'll visit. But, you know, I like being on the East Coast, you know, it's just you like the hustle and bustle. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty reserved by East Coast standards. You know what I mean? So whenever I go out to California, it's just like. I don't I don't understand why everybody's just cooling like this. Like I, I don't get it. Is it the water? It, it must be it's the water. The water. <laughs> yeah, that's something that you don't get used to though, because like even me even being there, it's kinda like, uh, eh, they just do something different. They just I've it's I've never adapted to that. Okay. Okay. And um I know from the northwestern part of the country, you ended up in Las Vegas yes. eventually. Okay, talk about that move. Well what, research what, <laughs> So what what happened was I had started um getting into music um management and you know label and so on and so forth and I wanted to start break off and do my own thing um and specialize in a you know certain genre of music or and it was like more like a marketing idea I'm like well everybody from all over the world goes to Vegas mm-hmm. so I don't have to travel mm-hmm. to reach the whole world smart if I go to this one mile stretch in Vegas and that's kind of what started that's what made me move to Vegas okay. And what um so you got involved in the music industry there. Um were you working for a label initially or did you just start your own outfit from No, jump? I started my um own outfit from Jump. Um I had actually started it in Oregon. Okay. And ended up moving it to Vegas. Okay. And what was the name of it? Uh Rainbow Noise. Well, it started as J10 Records and okay. then Rainbow Noise Entertainment. Okay. Okay. And um the roster you had, you have a roster you were able to take with you from Oregon down to Las Vegas or did things really just like pick up for you in one city over the other? I think I kind of switched gears, um, but everything really culminated in Vegas. Okay, okay. What's the um? What's the entertainment scene like in Vegas? Because I mean, of course, people look can look at it for casinos and live entertainment at the casinos. But outside of that, people don't even consider Las Vegas for anything but that. Well. Truthfully, it's kind of the entertainment scene is kind of dry in Vegas, um, even though it's a place of entertainment. When you think of actual, like, um, authenticated music or anything that you can know Vegas for, it, you know, it doesn't 702. exist. 702. Well, 702. <laughs> and, that is, <laughs> and that's that's about it. Wow. Okay. Um, but there's, it's a connector hub because everybody wants shows in Vegas, everybody wants the the crowds that are there and so on and so forth. So it's a lot of connections, even though the business isn't happening there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. even for artists, it's a destination. Okay. So the it was wide open for you then? Yes. Okay. Because I'm assuming there aren't that many other um, labels of any type out there, like, to really compete with whatsoever. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, who are some of the artists um, that you had... Um, on the, on the label um we had uh stuff famous um a local artist from vegas mm-hmm. we also had um heartbeat she does a youtube show okay um it was more than just artistry it was um talent in general just called um developing talent okay um heartbeat we had j squared 
It, it was a ton of people. <laughs> it was a ton of people. And she's being modest. She's also a rapper. She's okay. also a lyricist. Yeah, I was like, is she, she going to mention that? No, she wasn't. Because <laughs> I, 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 saw, I saw the YouTube videos. Like, I do my research. <laughs> no, she wasn't. But it's like, I don't consider modest. myself an artist because it was more of me making my business work. I didn't, mm-hmm. I did, had no desire to rap or be a rapper. It was like, I got to do something to help or, you know, okay. contribute. And that's what came out of it. Okay. Okay. And um, I also saw that once upon a time you owned a bar. Yes. Out there. Tell me about this bar because, and I want to know, if you could go into a little bit more detail with that, because I'm a person who, to this day, I still have a dream to own a nightclub. I've wanted to own a nightclub since I was 17 years old because I got some ideas that a lot of club owners are not trying to rock with me on. So I know, like, <laughs> I need to own my own spot so I can make this happen because I know it'll work. So, yeah, but yeah, talk, talk, talk about that. So this uh, kind of leads into what you were saying earlier about how the West Coast is like really chill and just they just chilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I just took this D.C. East Coast hustle to Vegas and it was kind of like I saw a place that was for lease. And I was um, raising my teenage cousins at the time and godsons and it was for them. They all are in high school. I'm like, y'all hanging out around here like this place up the street for lease. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like here's a business in itself and it actually started as um kind of like an all-age thing and then we migrated up to the actual bar okay um okay scene so try to cut out some of the uh the 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 young uh drama right okay (laughs) and in vegas it's weird because so much inner so much of the entertainment is focused on the strip and the um tourist okay that it leaves a lot of you know inner city places like that don't exist because you know they expect everybody to do it at the casino or go there but even people you know when you live you don't want to be surrounded by the crowds and the masses of people that have no idea what's going on Mm -hmm. um so there's a lot of space for that in vegas for local okay um clubs bars and things and you took advantage of that yes what was the cost of living like at the time that you were out there i know the taxes are high out there um nevada doesn't actually have state tax okay so it's not it's not that bad. Okay. Um, but the way different from here, um, Vegas is like um even but back then, a one bedroom five hundred a month. Washer that. dryer. What year was this? <laughs> Included. I mean you can still get there for like even now and it's like seven fifty. What? You can get a two bedroom <laughs> for seven fifty with the washer and dryer. Do I wanna live in the desert. <laughs> no. Yeah, I d I don't wanna live in the desert, but that's what kept me out there for so long. It was like even whenever I thought of coming home, I'm like I can do more here because yeah. I'm going to spend, I can have a a, a club and a home for right. what I pay for for rent in D.C. Okay. But I'm, I'm never mad at cities when cost of living go up because it's like it's a city for one. So you're not necessarily paying for the apartment. You're paying for all the amenities True. outside the That's apartment. You're paying yeah. for that cycling class and that Bikram yoga spot and attractive people with natural hair. Like that's what you're paying for, really, the attractive people with natural hair. Right. Like I used to live in Brooklyn for five years, and I think yeah, that's I was what getting I was ready. To, I was getting ready to <laughs> go into that. The environment, all the dykes with natural hair. Like, I, I was, I was getting ready to go into that time that I, I bumped into you at work at a bar in Brooklyn. I'm just like, what the hell, what is this? <laughs> man? You, what was the bar you were working at? Um, you was at Marcus Beffer Hall or Marcus Vineyard? Marcus Vineyard. Okay. Yeah, it was Marcus Vineyard because um, I was, I think. I don't even think I was staying in bed. I stayed in bed briefly. I had to go back uptown to Harlem, mm-hmm. you know. B- Brooklyn, 
Shout out to Brooklyn, everybody that's from there that lives there, but you know, just wasn't wasn't my speed to live there. But you know, I come see y'all whenever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um I was out there, um, who um I think uh I forgot who I I think I was out, I think it was in the layer. Okay. And um she was still living out there and like we went and I was I was like, When you get here? <laughs> and that was like what, like two thousand ten? Maybe twelve, eleven. I don't know. I smoke a lot of weed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I remember vividly. I don't remember seeing you at Marcus Vineyard, but I remember like going to a breakfast. You were with a friend of yours, and I was with another friend. Yes, like, we I, were I, yes, I remember that day, that day too. That was a uh, that was a few years after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, years. you got it. Go um, but since now that we have you back on the mic, Yanni, uh-huh. um, we'll talk about your 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 artist background. Um, when I met you, I met you, um, as a poet. You know, I had heard a whole lot about your talent as a poet. And when I got to see you live, I was like, damn, Shawty got it. <laughs> she got it. Thank you. You know, so um, how long how long have you, have you been writing? How long how long had you been actually performing your poetry even? Uh, yeah, I've been writing since I was a little girl, since I was like six, seven, writing oh. letters to my daddy and um, writing poems, writing poems, always writing poems. Okay. Uh, forever since I was like six, seven. Okay. Um, but even before that, I was a reader. Uh-huh. Um, like it was punishment for me to go outside. Like if I was put on punishment, I would have to go outside, and my mother would like check my hands to make sure I ain't take no books with me. Um, wow. <laughs> I I like to read. So I take that back. I'm not a nerd. I just like to read. Okay. And reading is cool. It is cool. Everybody knows this. Um, and since then, I guess uh. I feel like part of my mission, right? So it's this poet named Etheridge Knight from the Black Arts Movement. Mm-hmm. And he says that poetry exists in a holy trinity like God, right? So it's God, the Son, so-called Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And he says that poetry exists in that same kind of relationship. It's the poem, it's the poet, it's the people. And so I would be reading my poems, and it'd be like 10 people in the audience. Or I'd be reading my poems, and it'd be like a corny slam. And I'd be reading my poems and it'd be like a thousand white people who don't have any, who don't know half the things I'm saying. It's like when I speak to my people specifically, it's like a whole different language. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, all right, well, I need my people to be here and hear these poems. So I started promoting is such a dirty word to me. I don't know why. It's just a dirty word. Because some, just, there's some dirty people who have who have made it a, a, a filthy yeah. game. That's why. That's not nice. <laughs> like it's a filthy game. It is a filthy game out there. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just don't feel like that's what I do. But I started to have events and have open mics around the city, have open mics in my living room, have open mics at bars, and that evolved into a poetry tour. And I started, and I think it's like when you start getting into the business and like C was just saying how she was always on the business and it started being an artist to move the business. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was an artist and started getting on the business and to move the art, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the opposite. Um, so I started doing the business side more, okay. um, finding the right artists that was marketable, finding the right people that I knew would sell tickets, uh, doing a movie, opening a space. Um, and we're talking about the whole revival movement because that's that, that I think it, I it, just say doing a movie and no, you just put another whole word in it, there. The revival <laughs> is a movement. And and I mean, because you were still doing them out of your apartment because that was the f- first time I had a, ever heard of it. First time I ever met you. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think I don't even know if you were. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think you you were even thinking of taking it as far as it has gone at that point. You no. were just like, I just want to have you know fellowship, have some yeah, good people yeah. in the space. You know, we spoke some weed. We'll talk. We'll talk some <laughs> some shit, and yeah. we in here. You yeah, know, yeah. and this was before Facebook. Before well, Facebook was out. Instagram. Instagram wasn't no, out, but no, Twitter was. Yeah, Twitter and Facebook. And I didn't it. like them. So I was like literally calling people personally, being like, I'm having a party on Friday. You want to come? All right, I'll talk to you later. Call the next person. <laughs> I'm having a party on Friday. You want to come? Okay, I'll talk to you later. Like literally calling 100 Old school word of mouth, yeah. Right. This situation in my living room, knocking on my neighbor's door, like, I'm having a party. You can come if you want. <laughs> now, why, but it's going to be loud. Why did you choose to call the event The Revival? Uh, so the revival is the tour. Um, so having events locally evolved into a tour and the revival is the tour because I'm a church girl. I grew up at, um, Union Temple Baptist Church on W Street, Southeast. Shout out Union chair. Temple. Yeah. Um, and the revival, whenever we would have a revival, it was like, you know, you have church on regular days, but during revival, you're going to show off. Like everybody's going to shout during the revival. The revival was fun. Even if they don't feel (laughs) it, everybody's shouting today. (laughs) I don't care what's going down. And, you know, the best preachers would come. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like this isn't, I wanted to give the idea that this isn't going to be a poetry event as usual. This is come come here and show off. Yeah. Um, So that's how the name came about. Okay. Okay. And um, (laughs) what I know, look at y'all church people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spring revival. What uh what were some of the cities that um you took the revival to? Oh God, uh the tour started the, our first year. We just did D.C., Baltimore, Philly, and and New York, mm-hmm. and then the last tour we did those. No, I'm never going to Philly again. Um, we did. Why never Philly again? Uh, Philly, they be you got pull tea for fifteen dollars in Philly. It's in the living room. It costs fifteen dollars. <laughs> I got to sit on a couch. No brotherly love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no sisterly nothing. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's definitely that that name is just like because I used to live in Philly for a couple of years and I'm just like I'm not really feeling the love here. But okay, whatever. It was comedy. I ain't never anyway. So for the by the time we retired the tour a couple of years ago, I had been to Nashville, Toronto, Chicago, uh, Charlotte, no Durham, Atlanta, um, Boston. Detroit, every major like city that has a big black gay scene, Mm -hmm. I went to except for the West Coast. We didn't do the West Coast. Okay, but was that just because of time or just money? Okay, just a flight. So we were like seven women in a minivan every year. You know, so Mm -hmm. I ain't driving to California (laughs) with these broads. And you could do California in two days. I know it because I did it. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I didn't do it all by myself, but, no. you know, we, we pushed it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you basically did a whole national tour. Yeah, I like to say international because of Toronto. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I like to just pop that word in there. Uh, so, yeah, we did that for five years, and it's been a, a documentary and made in a movie. And we've been, I've been traveling even more with the film. Okay. I went to London. I went to Sweden. Uh, I got offered half a plane ride to Australia a couple of months ago, and I was like, bro, like half? Um, I'm going to Cleveland in a couple of months. Okay. Uh, I went to Savannah. So it's been still traveling, still getting it. This is the, we're wrapping up our film festival run the past couple of years. So. Okay. Okay. Um, who, which city or which cities were your favorite? On the tour? Yeah. 
Uh, on the tour with the poetry tour, definitely Brooklyn. Okay. And um, I like Chicago. Mm-hmm. I like Atlanta. No, I don't like Atlanta. I like Chicago. I like Toronto. Toronto is really diverse yeah, in that way. Toronto like, is a dope city. It was like an Asian person, an Ethiopian, an Eritrean, a Somali. You know, like a Ghanaian. Just it's just so diverse. Yeah. So yeah. that was a beautiful, beautiful, and really like open crowd. Um, and Chicago was cool because we was two stepping and hand dancing at the end of that show <laughs> and drinking shots and you know, and it was like a multi generational crowd. Mm-hmm. It was like you know the old dykes and the little button ups <laughs> with the high films and the call me daddy and you know I take care of you girl like I love that sir do that um, so Chicago definitely yeah. Chicago and like Chicago, the Midwest and the South, they they they're definitely still big on that whole like, you know, lipstick, film, hard, hard butch, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still big on 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 that um in those in those regions. Well, at least for the older generations, I think our generation are kind of like softening it up and being more fluid and versatile. But I mean, you can't teach your old dog new tricks, so it's like it is what it is for the old heads. Well, I, I, um, while I was out on my uh my bed rest after my surgery, I um, I fell into the um, what I call the uh the lesbian web series rabbit hole, and <laughs> I'm gonna let C take that one. <laughs> nah, I was gonna say I I came across the peculiar kind, oh. you know, and I was like, why she do this? <laughs> Can't ever see that. Man, look, I wasn't. My head was on some other things that when you, when y'all was filming that. You know what I mean? And then um I saw that you did uh what is it? Um how to recall what I already knew. I always gotta look at this because I don't want to mess it up. And I was like, I she on some real thespian art house shit with this one. <laughs> like, I consider myself to be a very cultured person with, with an artistic mind, but I had to watch it like three times and really like, okay. Okay, now I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Better than me. <laughs> you still like you know, I just was, I just did what they asked, and that was that. I still don't know what was going on. <laughs> I just show up. But, um, I mean, well, do you have any plans or aspirations to do any more film work in the future? Yeah, definitely. Um, And I'm at the point in my growth as an artist and an entrepreneur to not announce what's coming mm-hmm. if that makes sense no but that's, that's it's definitely fine. some things in the oven okay um for the future just like slow and steady wins the race okay yeah and and see do you plan on um i mean are you still involved in the music industry yes That's okay okay all right and so we should be on the lookout for some some music coming I'm, from I'm, some of your artists soon i've kind of switched gears again yeah um, okay just as seeing as the way before you know i kind of I started in just secular music, um, straight artists. Um, and when I went to doing exclusively gay artists because I wanted to give the artist development that wasn't being offered by traditional record labels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now I think that we're moving into a different space. Um, okay. So I'm going back to kind of, you know, just dealing with people that I want to see and help um, develop and grow. Okay. And it, it um, gender identity or anything doesn't matter. It's just mm-hmm. good music. And, just the talent. Yeah. Let, let the talent speak for itself. Um, all right. And I will say, I feel like, should we announce it? We should so people could look for it. So with me and C, I don't, I don't know if this is like 
if we're there yet in the interview. Well, probably not, like, but go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my gut is telling me, like, man, she's she jumping the gun. All right, I'm going to be quiet. We're wait. We're okay. Okay, well, now this leads me into. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to say it, God damn it. How did y'all meet? Ooh. That is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was kind of crazy actually. We were um, I had put out an ad um, looking for um, part time help okay. um, for another business that I have. Okay, and you know I got there and what's the name of the business? If you want to talk about it, Flower Girls. Okay, all right. Yeah. For um, Flower Girls, and when we got to the interview, I didn't. You recognize me from. Right, because I had from the um, Les Journeys cruise. That okay, did. yeah, from a flyer for you know performing as an artist. Okay, um, and then we ended up, you know, realizing like, oh, so oh, so let me know something about you, and then it it sparked a different kind of interview where we ended up getting more information, um, and then it was like, you know what, <laughs> forget that job, mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's do something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, linked in, in that way. Okay, okay, and from that conversation, y'all decided to become business partners. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that was it. Was a magical turnover. It was like I met her for one reason, and then within a couple of weeks, I was like, "But what about this? I could do this. Mm-hmm. I could do that. I could mm-hmm. do that." You just gotta believe. <laughs> <laughs> and I think C was at a point where, um, working in music, she wanted to do something different. So, as a I feel like just in the in the course of a year, like she went from an entrepreneur to an angel investor. Okay. I went from an entrepreneur to like a person with a job, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and that's to like, this is the thing. I think everyone's talking about entrepreneurship right now. There's like Fast Company magazines, Inc. magazines, blah, yes. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I would like to preach not to the choir, but I just, entrepreneurship ain't for everybody. No. And sometimes no, when I talk to C, I'd be like, yeah. I asked her once, she I was like, What do what do people need? She was like, patience. It's easy for people to give up. Like people try something for a year, for two years, and be like, uh, that ain't working no more. Let me do something else. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, bruh, like relax. You gotta give it at least five years. Like you gotta watch your business grow. And I just and entrepreneurship is not for everybody. And I feel like I have never I think I've always done entrepreneurial things because my father was a hustler and because you know nigga, I gotta eat I've been on my own since I was 17 so there's no way I'm not eating Mm -hmm. um but having a job and having security and doing what you love in that job is something that everybody doesn't get to say yeah and I think that that's something that we've been doing with CSIF Media Group and with where C is going and angel investing and like those are words people don't even understand and like I'm learning a lot about too like what's the difference between an angel investor what's a venture capitalist what's this what's that Mm -hmm. what are my taxes for my company and just understanding that we don't have to do anything alone um I think that like in a generation where everybody wants to be a boss even the difference in a boss and an entrepreneur, there, there actually there is a difference in my opinion. Or I'll say even just in a in a in a generation in a time where like everybody seems to be so fame hungry. Mm. That's true. You know, Very true. more concerned with like being known than actually being able to like make money to further your yourself, your passions, or just you know your community. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, man, screw that, like. Let me know how, like how you said earlier, like, you know, 
you switched, you got more into the business side to help push the art. You know what I mean? It says that's that's where I am. It's just like, you know, I want to know how I could push my art and, and all the creative things that I come up with further. And I know that's going to take resources, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's social capital or financial capital, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, C. Smith Media, did you have that before y'all met or did you decide to do that once y'all met up? It's kind of like an argument because she actually named it that. Okay. And she doesn't remember. No, I, I vividly remember not naming it that, but go ahead. Okay. And so <laughs> it, it had came about once. Okay. Um, we connected. The idea was there, but it hadn't been formulated. Yeah. And, and the, the, the mission here is, with C. Smith Media, is a creative investment firm that prioritizes LGBT entrepreneurs. We invest in queer-led creative projects, startups, film, and you. Okay. All right. All right. So let, let's let's elaborate on that. Talk talk a little bit more about um C Smith Media in that regard. Um <clears throat> so this year was our like first official year and we've kinda scaled and moved in different directions trying to get to exactly what it is that mm-hmm. we are trying to do. Um but essentially we're aligning ourselves to just be that source that resource that as you said before, that resource um that people can come to for not just financial assistance um, but or investment, but also um, training classes, just helping developing entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we don't have that, right? So everyone's out here trying to do it by themselves. Everyone's out here trying to be a boss. But it's like you don't have to do it alone. So if you come to us, it's like, all right, how much do you really need? How much money do you really need? How many people do you need to support this? You don't have to do the marketing and the the banking and the... Whatever else it takes for whatever your business is. You don't have to, you know, you need a sous chef. You need somebody. You need people in your corner. And mm-hmm. that's what the service we want to provide. Um, and just promoting that idea also that we just, to be an entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to do every single thing alone. Right. Um, being a boss, an entrepreneur, a leader means being able to combine and make the goal. Like mm-hmm. get to where you're going. It doesn't, if you have to call somebody, if you have to, you know, use resources, beg, ask, you know, Mm-hmm. use other people like I can be a boss Yanni can be a boss but we can work together mm-hmm. and just promoting that idea that it doesn't take away because you need help right because that it will help you go further actually and I like that you I like one thing that I like in particular about the business is that it's not just focused on like tech startups because like when you think about investment firms these days mm-hmm. um, angel investing you think about just tech you know, but um, to know that you all are in a, in in a position to um provide resources for people who want to start businesses outside of the tech sector, like that's amazing. You know, um, because I even think about myself, like, okay, well, I have an idea. There's a tech component to it, but it's not the the full uh, uh scope of the of the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, um. And who's to say, you know, these these individuals who come to y'all may decide they want to go into the tech sector in some way, shape or form. But I know a lot of people have business ideas and ventures that have nothing to do with tech. Well, I think that was important to me to kind of to it was important to me to be able to help people that reflect who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from where I grew up and was raised, tech wasn't really something that. I would ever have the opportunity to get into or even understand in a way, even as an entrepreneur, some of that tech stuff or as an investor is like way over my head. Mm. Um, But it doesn't mean that we can't be entrepreneurs. It doesn't mean that we can't invest. Like 
which basically I think it's more like even the way society sees it, like, oh, because this makes more money, it's more important, and we're pushing more towards this, but you leave another sector of people that have great ideas and opportunities that will make money, Mm -hmm. and they feel devalued. And that's Mm -hmm. social. Um, So that's that's why that is so important, to be able to reach people that reflect the background that I come from. Okay, okay. I thought you were about to say something, Um. So you have also become a part of the uh, the Pipeline Angels Network, and um, that's a network of new and seasoned women investors, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and what's that experience been like, just being a part of that network of women? Because, you know, I mean, just still on that whole diversity topic when it comes to um, investing and, and, and angel investing and um, VCs and all of that, you know, it's still, there's a long way to go in making it look more, diverse both you know racially racially ethnically and and with gender you mm-hmm. know what i mean so like what is what has that been like for you um um i guess i want to ask what part from a personal experience or from a business both um personally um i think that i think that the personal aspect is important because it, it speaks on the social and how we feel what we can accomplish or can't accomplish um going in i was very very intimidated mm-hmm. because of the percentage of black people women that are in angel investing in general um the percentage of people that are african-american that receive angel funds you know just looking at all those it's like okay now i'm coming in on their side of the table mm-hmm. am i going to be accepted how do how will i you know even i, I walked in the door feeling kind of small okay like you know there's nobody else in here that look like me um i don't know if these ladies gonna talk to me mm-hmm. um i'm younger than a lot of these people um it was just very nerve-wracking. Okay. But within 20 minutes, I realized that, wow, like, it's completely different than what I thought. Yeah. Um, people are a lot more open-minded than, I, I want to say, the traditional environment. Um, they actually have a desire to help us. Yeah. And as weird as it seems, because it doesn't kind of trickle down that way, and mm-hmm. I think that their messages get lost in translation through marketing and so on and so forth. Twitter. But, <laughs> it gets lost on Twitter. You hear um, me? <laughs> And And even seeing me, a lot of people were, you know, very curious to how I got to the other side of the table. Okay. Because I did get that a lot. Like, oh, so you're an entrepreneur? Like, you're like, no. (laughs) And it's like, oh. And then it becomes like, oh, well, can we have an interview? Can we do this? Because they haven't seen anyone that looks like me. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me personally, even when I get there and I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I've learned a lot from a lot of the ladies that I was around. But for me, it's also still important not to lose the connectivity. I still prefer to invest at a smaller round Mm -hmm. than the, you know, I want to help people get to that level. I want to help see my people get to be able to pitch and it's a normal thing or, you know, that they're actually getting funding and helping them get to that level as opposed to only helping people that have had the privilege to be there. Yeah, or, they're already at like, you know, hundred thousand dollars in, yeah. in revenue and profits mm-hmm. and all of that. Or I even, even half half well, you look at you go you blah. you go you go grassroots with it. Um, when you first start um, a, a startup, mm-hmm. most people are bootstrapping, which is getting money from family and friends. In your first round, that some people expect you to have a hundred thousand. Yeah, and there's people that can call family and friends and get that hundred thousand, which is going to get you in front of an investor's table. Mm-hmm. What happens to the people that can't get 10,000 calling family and friends? Right. How are you moving up the ladder? What, you know, and that's, it's, it's so much smaller than that. Like 
the resource pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's it's. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I went, no, I went on, cool. but it it's we see it as big, like oh, this thousands and hundreds and these big numbers. Like it's really, really simple. Some people, if you can get the ten thousand, twenty thousand of um, your own funding to get in front of an angel group, mm-hmm. an angel group taking interest will then get you to a venture capitalist. Yeah. So. There, there are pieces in there, but some people only see the hundred thousand. It's like, oh no, I'm out of that. Yeah. So you know, I we just want to be here to also give that that um that education, that knowledge of what's actually going on. Peace, y'all. Just taking a moment to say thanks to everyone who's been listening so far and for letting the people know about the show. Even though we're still early in the game, we want to know what you think about the show. Go to alltheflatkids.com to take a short survey letting us know who y'all are, where you're listening, and what you want to hear more of. It'll only take five minutes, if that. So we would really appreciate the feedback. Peace. Okay. Here's a random question. What, what do y'all think about a show like Shark Tank? It's, Shark Tank is actually pretty accurate. Okay. Um, to what? What happens? With what a pitch is like. Yeah. It's okay. actually pretty accurate, except the fact that the money is an exchange, like, right there on the spot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love Shark Tank. Well, I used to watch it every day, like, like, like all the time. Mm-hmm. That and The Profit. But, you know, just Shark Tank is now, it's to the point where it's, like, mad racist and sexist. Yes. Like, yeah. every woman business is always not everyone but most of them are always cooking or fashion or kids yeah. and i'm just like that's all i know how to do <laughs> and then every time it's a black business i don't i don't even but do the, it the, they look when, at damon like what you gonna do when i right. when, but right. when i say that <laughs> when i say that it's accurate that's that is that's true accurate. like okay. a lot of the times uh-huh. when you see and, and, and not saying because we like with um pipeline we actually um only invest in women entrepreneurs yeah we get more of a range. Okay. Um, but a lot of the times it's about the people that can gather that money. And if you can convince your family off of cooking and he's like, Oh, I'm a sh- good chef because, and that's how you get those people that get in front of venture capitalists that have those kind of same margined okay. um, ideas or inventions. Got it. Got it. Just a random question I want to throw out there. <laughs> so, um, I want to talk about the projects y'all are currently working on, but to, to kick it off, um, I want to talk about your work within the cannabis industry. Okay. So just speak on that for uh, for the people. For the people. What What and, do you want to know? Um, I mean, one, I think it's great to know that there are black people involved on the, uh, the actual legitimate side of the cannabis industry because much like tech, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a very, very segregated game, very limited, exclusive party. You know what I mean? So um, I know just in that regard, um, what made you decide to basically go into the cannabis industry? Um, I would say those roots in Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of even how I got the opportunity Mm -hmm. um, to do do it with the demographic is not African-American. So even there is not, it's Mm -hmm. not happening. Um, But as even following business and, um, stocks and things like that like cannabis is going to be well it's already been a green rush and we've saw how much money states and you yeah. know places are making off of this and they saying by 2020 
22 that it's going to surpass alcohol mm-hmm. um, and, you know, use and, you know, things like that. So why wouldn't I want to be there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and crazy enough, you would think that I maybe was like a pothead or just was rooted in their business brought me to yeah. the cannabis I mean, a lot, a lot of people who who are in the cannabis industry, don't is business, they don't smoke. They don't right. do nothing. <laughs> they, just, they just sell the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, we think, if I could talk about Flower Girls, um, we are cultivating a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. When you have, um, I don't even know the name of the Instagram. It's called like High Times or something yes. like that. It's like a magazine yeah, and Times an magazine. Instagram page. Yeah. And I think the market that's missing um, is women. Mm-hmm. And we think the market that's and I met someone who just got a business into a business accelerator program in Colorado to start like a vice meets black woman meets marijuana. Um, So I think a lot of us are getting more involved in the green rush, but it's just and sometimes talking to C hearing her frustrations and breaking into it. um, Like it'll be like a million dollar ax for like this or that, like you need two million dollars to get this tax thing or Mm -hmm. this whatever and or the property to you know to to meet the state qualifications okay you'll need a certain amount of money and it's like what general person with desire to work in this industry even people that already work in it illegitimately mm-hmm. where are they getting a million dollars right just to apply for a license if they're not a kingpin so yeah and <laughs> and, and what i'm seeing um across the country as states that have already turned legal mm-hmm. is immediately they're locking out all the mom and pops you know, anybody that are at a lower, like, income level or smaller players, they're monopolizing just like everything else um, mm-hmm. that has happened. In- and just to, just because, just to recap, what, which states are all, like, just, like, fully legal? Oregon, Washington, California. You better know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. okay. And um, what states just have, uh, I guess... Legalized medical marijuana. Um, it's it's a long list, and it's the list, list? kind of gets okay. tedious because some places don't have medical, but they have legalized possession. Okay. Um, so it kind of gets gray, and I don't want to speak on a, a okay. state and I got it. I got you know, it. and I know, but pretty much everything um west of Arizona. Okay, and I know <laughs> just so for people listening, because believe it or not, there's still a lot of people here in D.C. who still don't know the specifics, but D.C. has decriminalized marijuana up to one ounce one ounce they have legalized medical marijuana correct and you can grow and smoke in your own home yes not including public housing correct what? yeah you can't smoke you, in public housing can't. can't smoke in the projects <laughs> or on federal property or on federal property and um, Maryland just legalized me- medical marijuana it hasn't been officially legalized yet. Okay, okay, it's okay. still in the but process. But they've given out the uh, permits for the dispensaries across the state. They've selected people to potentially get permits. Okay. Like okay. it's it's a a real structured process. But no, they they're they're starting with um, allowing people to up uh, to apply for permits. Okay, and Got that's it. again when I said like the million dollars of land or property or you know these things. That that means that they've met those qualifications and will now go through a selection process, almost like a lottery. See, and that's why I wanted to ask because like this, the gray areas mm-hmm. and it can get kind of confusing and all of that. So, where are y'all operating out of? A Flower Girls, or, um, DC, Maryland, or as a brand, um, Maryland and DC. Okay. Um, yeah. as a product in um Oregon and Vegas. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, what's uh what's the law in uh Nevada? It's um medical 
Okay. Um, medically legal, and they've actually approved the twenty-one and up um, for everybody, but it hasn't went into effect. It'll take probably a year. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, um, as far as any other current projects that y'all have going on. Uh, for me, the most exciting one is that we're about to start taking cameras to follow C everywhere that she goes. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got things popping off in Charlotte and Vegas. Um, working, still working with musicians. Um, I don't know if you want to speak to them, but we really want to, or my intention with the show is thinking about Shark Tank, is thinking about the profit, is thinking about the idea of business, but making it accessible, making it hip, making it young, making it approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it's corny, but it's like, it's going to be all business, no suit. Like, <laughs> like you don't got to be in like a, you know, a six feet suit to be like making money. And not even, and that's not even the kind of language I use. So not making money, but generating abundance and generating generational, creating generational wealth, right? Yes. So when we do work and when we create things and when we're, we're making sustainable economies, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's not just about, us having fancy clothes or a nice car, right? It's about our children, our children's children mm-hmm. having fancy clothes and a nice car. No, I'm just sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's wrong, about it's our children's children shit. eating, and it's about creating a sustainable economy because okay. there's ways that we've been left out for whatever little label you could put on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's ways that I feel like by the time we're done, our people won't be left out again. So... That's what I'm looking forward to is using this show as a vehicle okay. to show folks like us. And it's, it's mad. It's all of us doing it. You know what I'm saying? You did your All the Fly Kids series in February. Mm-hmm. You're doing it again. Steven's out here making, he's got space, you know, yeah, like, I've, I've, and I I've think been in there. real estate, he's got two spaces. You feel me? Oh, like, there's a second space? And it's like. Sometimes you don't even invite? know where you can no take invite? your coat off. No at. invite. No invite. You gotta, <laughs> you just gotta, you gotta keep up. You gotta keep up. So we're out here and we're making these moves, and it's like we have to show it because the more of us know that we're doing it, they'll come mm-hmm. and they'll support it in any way possible. When you have an event, people are like, "Can I volunteer?" You know, like, "Yeah, yeah bro." Like, "Yes, you can." Yes, like, absolutely. I need your help. The more hands, the better. Yeah. Right. So we're looking forward to that series, and you know, hopefully, Vice will buy it. Okay. Or something. Yo. But, I don't even want to get on Vice right now. Um, but so the ETA on this show, you're just waiting to, you know, I guess hear back. No, well, the thing is, people, what I've learned about reality, and even with my first film, um, the revival movie, like Sakia shot for three years. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing reality and yeah, and it's not scripted, you you got to follow for a little while. So mm-hmm. we're going to follow her for like the next month and then see what the footage is looking like Okay. Um, as she talks with different entrepreneurs around the country. And hopefully, I don't think Pipeline lets us in when she like um, hears pitches for businesses, but I would love to see some of that on camera. Okay. I would love for her to just talk about the difference between angel investing and venture capital because I be telling people all the time and they be like, wow, really? I like it. Good. <laughs> about. This is the type of bank loan you need. Like, buh, buh, buh. like, and just making that kind of language accessible. Um, and we will be celebrating our one year anniversary in April. So we're collabing with general assembly awesome. and a woman's business collective called false babes. They're based out in Austin okay. to usher in that first year. Okay. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned Austin, <laughs> this uh this leads me into um this will probably be the 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 final question because I'm I'm sure like we all have 
a lot to say about what I'm about to ask, but um, I'm just, getting energized now. I'm getting into it. So that was a <laughs> So you know, I think about I think about Pride festivals around the country. Um, gay Pride festivals, black whether it's Black Pride or just for everybody. Um, and the common theme um, with a lot of them is just you know, party and bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't go. I don't go to none of them. You know what I mean? Um, I haven't been. I can't tell you the last time I went to a Pride event. Uh, yeah, I'm not even trying to remember the last time I went. But the reason why I don't go is because it's just like, okay, I can go to a party whenever. And I go to all types of parties. But something that I would like to see is maybe if there was like a, a South by Southwest type of feel added to Pride events. You know mm. what I mean? Like maybe it'd be like a, a one-day conference at a Pride festival that's like people could talk about startups and 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 tech or just like um entrepreneurship and angel investing and, and venture capitalism mm-hmm. like because you know everybody's going to be there so right. it's just like you know even thinking like well so not to overextend people financially like you know they're going to come out to this pride event anyway so why not just set up shop here and like boom the information is here so before y'all turn up tonight get your ass up mm-hmm. and come to this event and get some knowledge that'll be more beneficial than you just like only turning up you know what i mean um so because i even think about how i don't i don't know if y'all went to this but um i went to uh the event that they had over at town over in in november called um tech up Mm -hmm. and um it was uh i gotta read everything (laughs) it was a tech innovation and inclusion summit Mm -hmm. so um basically tech up is a group where it's um i can't remember i don't think it's just i think it's i think it's just women-led um an lgbt group of women um who um lead this and like they had everybody come out um regardless of uh gender identity or um sexual orientation um but really just really wanted to just um get these same questions answered about like you know what if you don't have a hundred thousand dollars that um in the first round what if you're trying to get to that point you know what i mean and what if you're bootstrapping and like you know what do you need to do to um be this uh you know black asian hispanic uh person or this 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 trans person this gay person in these spaces you know what i mean so i was just like why can't we see more of these like productive events at pride festivals you know so that's it that's all i know that was a lot i think that we have to care more um I think that where we started as a community, it was an outlet. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, two party because that was missing in the world. Like we could live, we can exist, we can talk to family and friends, but we can't socialize and hang out together. We party all year long. So I think that that's where it started. (laughs) And a lot of things have then become traditional. Okay. And everything has continued in that tradition. And as we're morphing as a community, um, we're not, our practices haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's where it is. Um, we're just continuously following tradition as opposed to enacting new things, creating new things that that are needed within the community. Okay. And this is all this for the audience. I just want to be very clear that Geronimo grew up and came of age in Washington, D.C. in PG County, where it's mad gay people, it's mad queer people, it's mad parties, it's mad people just like him. If this nigga grew up in Oregon, 
in Kansas City, and this is something she told to me, like, because I was like, oh, I'm not even that gay. Like, oh, why I gotta be gay? And she was like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be gay for you, but for people who live in Kansas City, Missouri, who live in Fort Wayne, Indiana, who live in the vast majority of this country, the dog, fly, the flyover states. You you feel me? Yeah. They need a party. Okay. They're by themselves. I respect they that. need those web series. Like they need it. Because <laughs> it's just them. It's just them. And they pretend, you know, they're closeted girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's tradition, yes, but I think it's also the Well no, I'm not saying that's it's, party. It's, that tradition came off of a need. Yeah. But as we are Evolving. thirty plus years later Mm -hmm. we haven't added anything we haven't adapted to what's going on here and it's men that's holding the keys to most of these prides too but like, well, it's at not least even prize. When we prize, do, even like look yeah. at things like sweet heat look at all the events that we do we can't just put it on them because it's become a it's just happening that's it's only yeah, like sweet, sweet heat is sweet, a party sweet heat is and but sweet heat is one of the premier black lesbian pride festivals but they have an open <laughs> mic they have film so you so they have like different art stuff mm-hmm. at Sweet Heat. They just it, that's not what's about to sell all the tickets in these little videos. Yeah, but do they still? Honestly, I don't know. I ain't never been. I'm yeah, nerd, I, that's but. not and that's <laughs> that's an assumption. But I've never seen anything outside of parties for Sweet Heat. I have. I, I haven't been there in the flesh, but <laughs> I've seen like you know for well, my research the revival. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't put it on the flyer, but it'd be on the website. Like it'll be like a Thursday night open mic. Mm-hmm. Or like a Friday afternoon matinee movie thing. Okay. I've seen that. I've never seen it in the flesh, but I've seen it on the website. It's just not what sells the tickets. Okay. That's not where people come, but they offer it. And I think that, what you going to do, bro? Like, you asking us, what you going to do about it? So You've done events. I've, you know I've how to make event. something happen. I do, but you know, I don't really have a, 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 a large network of people in, in the LGBT community. Yes, I am trans, but you know yeah, you know I, even before i transitioned like like you i wasn't that gay you know i love women but you know i dated women but i wasn't really in the community like that so and people there's been plenty of my friends who are in the community but they've been to my events and they're like yo can you do an can you do an event can you do a party i'm just like i mean i'd have to partner with somebody who's got a crowd mm-hmm. cuz like if i just throw a, a fly out there they're like who the fuck is that <laughs> Coming That's in. True. Who is this? <laughs> well, you got to build stuff from the bottom up. We actually do an event called Beyond where we actually um, do informative. We have a speaker and, you know, kind of talk on a topic. Yeah. It's not like open forum, but we try to present different topics to help entrepreneurs or people that are interested in learning more. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Our last one was with a creative lawyer and okay. she just like really walked people through the be- the law side of it. Everybody think you don't need an agreement. And I think that's a common mistake, like mm-hmm. not having agreements, not having, not reading the fine print. Um, so that was the last one we did that in partnership with um, Blade Magazine or Blade Newspaper. The Washington and, Blade. Yeah, and the Washington, D.C. Economic Partnership. So that's something we're starting and have to get or been doing, have to do more of. Okay. Um, but we were we want to make it as accessible as possible. And there's also Lesbians Who Text. So you about yeah, to go to that. Okay. They do that in California and in New York. So mm-hmm. twice a year. There's Honey Groove, which is a more artist. That's right. When you said South by Southwest meets, I thought, yeah, that's Honey Groove. Yeah, I mean, because like, I mean, I, I mentioned South by Southwest. Like I said, I had written that down, but when you had mentioned um, Austin, Austin, Texas, I was like, 
okay, I'm going to segue into this now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just all of the, the components of South by Southwest, what, like tech, film, and music. Honey you know? Groove last year kind of fit that mold. Yeah. Because um, Honey Groove was on a Saturday, and then we did we a did Beyond, Beyond event on, on Sunday, Sunday, which yeah. is a daytime um, yeah. kind of yeah. brunch thing. So Because money, and I mean, I've talked to Kai about expanding in that kind of way, evolving mm. different things, but, I mean, money is a grip. Sponsorship is a grip. And it's like you really have to show numbers to get people involved, to get corporations involved in something so niche. Okay. Because as soon as you put LGBT on it, as soon as you put a color on it, like, here's the world. You put LGBT, here's the world. Well, you that's what I was color, just thinking. I was here's like, the world. <laughs> and the less, the only uni- like universal thing is party. Like yeah. so, you, you're, so you're really only getting like liquor sponsors. Yeah, exactly. you know, if that, and oh. it's and you have, you know, everybody drinks liquor. So now you're telling your liquor sponsor, I just want the women, the queer woman, the queer woman of color. You feel me? So it's hard to get that kind of corporate sponsorship. So when it comes to our events, we have to be as creative and like, which is why we want to build more entrepreneurs, <laughs> so that there's money in our community. Because okay. if we're not growing people that are making those levels of money, how are we ever going to get it? Um, you know, are corporations looking for young black lesbians of color to run their businesses? No. No. Right. So why would they be giving money to help us develop or grow those things? Okay. Like, if we want those things, we it's going to have to come it. from within our community. Okay. Well, I know. <laughs> ten, what, ten, ten, ten entrepreneurs? You know what if I was running Pepsi and somebody came to me and was like, I got ten dykes over here in the corner. We about to have a party. Give us some soda. Give us some money. I wouldn't give us no money. I'd be like, it's 10 of y'all mm-hmm. and three of y'all married with kids. You know, like, no, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I like that objective perspective. No, I mean, if you look at it, if you look at it objectively, yeah. it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I got 10 people that could buy my soda, but now you only want me to give you ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to talk to three of them. No, no. Okay. Well, no. what's this? This is February. It'll be Memorial Day in a few months. And you're going to do something for pride? I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm gonna do some research. I'm gonna see who the who the players are and uh see if they would have allow me to have a seat at the table. Well, I'll tell you the players. Let's shout out some players. Okay. Some promoter players. TMS Entertainment is really dope. I'm familiar. I think her name's Martina. Yeah. Um, and she's been doing great, incredible work. She does parties, but she also brought a film last year and it's kind of evolving in the type of services that they offer because they brought the same difference documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, Les Link Ashley, she does like a monthly happy hour. We sponsored a couple of them, and she does that uptown, and okay. that's really cool. Okay. Um, and mind you, I just moved back last year. Um, so that's all I got. <laughs> but I really respect both of them. Oh, and Kai. Okay. Kai does Honey Groove. Honey Groove. And then Makers Lab, and then um. Yes, I'm familiar with Makers Tezra, Lab. and that's more of a diverse crowd, but okay. still really, really cool. With diverse her. meaning we don't do coded language here. No, I mean diverse. I mean, like, not just... What is diverse, though? (laughs) Diverse means all types of people. Okay. So that's what it means in real life. Like, that's the real I got. I just had to make sure, because some people, like, when people say urban, they say it to mean black, whereas when I say urban, I'm talking about city life. Oh. So that's why, like, you could have meant, like... So when I say diverse, I mean all types. You're right. Some people say diverse. We're talking about diverse in gender, diverse in race. And race, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Okay. So everybody goes to Tesla's party. She did like a really good New Year's Eve party that was packed. Okay. Um, so these are people you want to invite to your table. Okay. And the Coven people, I don't know them. Uh, that's a, that's that's Kate Ross. 
um, I, I haven't met her, but I have a uh, we have a mutual friend. Boom. Um, so you just got the whole city right here. Black Pride. Pulled it out. All right, kind of late in the game. And Lee. <laughs> Makers Let's make Lab. Lab yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I actually um, became and acquainted does with Lee. a big Lee. party for Pride. I became acquainted with Lee via, via email the other day. So, yes, I actually uh, reached out to her. Um, okay. Well, them. them. Sorry. Them. <laughs> um, so. I got this list. I'm going a, I'm to a hit some people up. See We're if holding you accountable to some dope tech, entrepreneur, awesome stuff, Black Pride. If they let me sit at the table, I'm there. And if they don't, you flip over the table and you make a picnic basket and you make it happen. Okay. I don't know if I can go from like zero to a hundred back How down much to does zero. the dollar cost? Okay. I'm just okay. Now that we're getting deep, that we have reached the end of the show. <laughs> um, What... Uh, 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 where can people find y'all? Social media. Yeah. C-, C Smith Media. See the noise. Yanni Supreme. Yeah. Or you can call me at 202-904-0266 and email me at yannisupreme at gmail.com. And that's how much she doesn't like social media. She, yeah, is get, yeah. she has given y'all her email and, <laughs> and a phone, phone number, number. <laughs> in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> she might tweet. People she, don't even have she might, phone numbers on their business cards might, anymore. She might post a picture on Instagram like three times in a year, like dead ass. I'm not even. I'm not I be even having to... phases when I'm on it, though. I be on it. And then they'd be like, I'm, that's exhausting. It is. It can be. Okay. But csmithmedia.com, you can, can kind of get to both of us yeah okay all right cool well once again i appreciate y'all coming on um i have learned a great deal i hope that listeners have learned a great deal and i will definitely get on top of this uh black pride because otherwise y'all ain't gonna see me out of this one either you know <laughs> i gotta i gotta i gotta i go out to the to the events and things that i want to see for mm-hmm. myself so you know i'm, I'm definitely i'm st- stepping up to the plate and going to see what, what i can make happen Thank you. All right, y'all. That's a wrap. The All the Fly Kids show was produced and recorded at One Love Massive Studios, located across from the historic Howard Theater in Washington, D.C. Engineered by Mike, Mark, and Molly, and produced by Geronimo Nose, me. You can subscribe and listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Mixcloud. Pay it forward and let your people know we're here.